Welcome to the Must Love Self podcast. My name is Carly Israel and I am your host. What is Must Love Self all about? It's about our bodies, our worth, and our voices. It is a movement, an attitude, it is a decision, it is a project, it is a journey, it is a life choice. Every week I get to interview a brave woman who may not be perfect, but is on the path and is willing to share their ugly and their beautiful. Today I get to speak with Erin Gray, fabulous woman and coach extraordinaire who coaches high achievers, high achieving women who are ready to figure out what's next. And what did you say about saying yes, saying yes to their life? Yes, starting to say yes to themselves, right? I think we have been, we are in this culture where we just have done everything for everyone else and we have, you know, checked all of the boxes, right? We've accomplished quite a bit in our life and then we're left wondering like, is this it? Is this all that life is supposed to be like? And so really allowing and working with women to find out like what it is that they want for themselves and stepping into that and knowing that that's okay. What they want is okay for them. And you know what else is nobody ever asks that question. When you're growing up, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? Right? No one says, what do you want for your life? Nobody says that. And like you said, then traditionally women, we get a career or not. We get busy. We have a family. Then they grow up and we're like, holy crap, what just happened? And now we're left standing, whether we're in the marriage or not anymore, whether we're on our own or not. And is this all there is? And what, and we're also staring at the second half of our lives. And, you know, Aaron and I were just talking before we started, will you, will you mention what you said about midlife crisis? Cause I thought it was so interesting that I just was thinking about this idea of midlife crisis, that there's this that this has this negative connotation to it. And I'll be 41 in August. And I just was thinking as I was working out, like my body has gotten better. I'm eating better. All of these things, I want to be better for myself, not because of my husband, not because of what society might look like, just for me. And the idea of midlife crisis, like something is wrong. Like we have to fix you. Something's terribly going wrong with your life. Why do you wanna make all of these changes? And it comes from, I think it comes from this idea that like, we can't just do something because we want to do it for us. There has to be something wrong with us to want to change. Mm-hmm. And what I, you know, some of the work that I do with my clients and just in general, right. It's like, we can just want something because we want it. There doesn't and have own to that. and own that, right. There doesn't have to be a reason why. And I think, you know, with a lot of what I've noticed because this is myself too, but in my clients too, it's like a lot of this high achieving, like we're going for something to prove something to someone and to ourselves. And so this flip the switch, this idea that like, no, it doesn't mean anything about our worth and we can just be who we are because we love it. And because we want that for ourselves. And that also goes back to a lot of self-love, right? Mm. Because when you truly love yourself, you do all of the fun, delicious things for yourself because you want to, not from this place of having to 
or shoulding or yes shoulding. and you know you're worth it right and you yes. know you're worth it and so we use our voices once we know our worth to speak up and advocate for ourselves i think that every woman i speak to is an amazing advocate for others it's can i do that for myself right yes. if my kid is sick and needs something i will burn the city down but if i'm sick i'm like no i'm okay i'll just keep going right and there's also so much confusion i think you know we're almost the same age at this point in, in time, you know, our mothers were at the cusp of such a different life. And yes. before that, there was women that weren't allowed to vote, that their, yes. their rights are being, you know, challenged. We're still not having equal pay. And then, so we have all these gender stereotypes. So we have all these women that most of the women I know have a career and they have children. And then we're trying to do everything. We're trying yep. to have a career, be a hundred percent in that. So we can prove like you were saying that we are as good as, if not better and do the same thing with our kids. And then we have mom guilt because nobody can do everything. Yep. And it's like how, forget about ourselves, like how, and so that's what we're looking at today. So I'm so excited to talk to you. Yes. Yes. Here we go. I want to know why you said yes to this conversation. Because I think that this is like we talked about before, like this is a movement. It's time for women to like stop with putting all of the labels on ourselves and like whatever we want to do or we don't want to do, it is totally fine. And like what we were talking about that one woman with her body, right? Like whatever we want, it doesn't have to match anybody else. And that is perfectly okay. And it's and not our business. No, none of our business. And I think what, as women, I'm sorry, you go ahead. I was just going to say, but more so like for us, like whatever we want, it may not look like what I'm so tired of the societal norms. Like your life doesn't have to look like anybody else's. And that is completely okay. If that is what lights you up and, you know, feeds your soul, who gives two shits what yes. it looks like? I love that question. What feeds your soul? I just had an interview the other day and this woman said she loves this concept of I honor my sparkly heart. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I love that. And you know, who says what I'm allowed to wear, what I'm allowed to wear, how I need to do things. And what I love about what you said is it reminds me as a woman, what I think another responsibility we all need to be aware of is we need to stop judging each other. Yes. And we need to stop having ideas in our mind of what what is okay for a woman and what isn't okay and stop shaming each other whether it's out loud or within our circles of what another woman is choosing to do it's not yes. our business right and, yes. and as women we should be lifting that up and reminding each other like hey girl you have no idea what's going on in her life let's just support her and not judge her which means and i want everyone to know so for me about the body stuff whatever works for you is like what you were saying. Like if you yes. want to go to like a plastic surgeon and do something to make you feel beautiful. Awesome. Yep. If yep. you want to have silver hair and not touch a lotion, amazing. No one's business. Well, also whenever we're judging someone else, it's because we judge ourselves, mm -hmm. right? So when we're judging other people, we are, that is a reflection of how much we are judging ourselves. And so it comes back to like, you know, must love self, right? Yes. Like if we actually can heal ourselves, can love ourselves, then we won't be as judgmental because, or as judgmental at all, right? It's right. because 
we have actually done the work on ourselves to love ourselves and have compassion for ourselves. But nobody teaches that stuff, right? Like yeah. one of the things I thought about, like my background is in finance and I'm like, gosh, I, I did a lot of schooling for finance, all of the things for finance, but nobody ever sat me down and said, okay, so here's actually how you feel your emotions. And here is actually how you love yourself and actually how you achieve goals through loving yourself. Like none in the schooling that I've ever had. Nobody teaches you how to do that. Not right? from kindergarten all the way until PhD, grad school, nothing. You're nothing. so right. And you know what I was thinking when you were mentioning that must love self, that we won't judge other people. I think in order for me to truly love myself, and it's the reason why I, I'm a word person. So it's the reason why I distinguish between self-love and love self, because I think the idea of self-love, which is very much in the same realm, is this concept of like, you need to go do this thing for yourself or whatever, which is great. You need to do those things. But I, in order for me to truly love myself, my body, my words, all of it, my mistakes, I, it has to come from a deeper place for me. It has to come yes. from the love inside my heart and my soul that's loving myself, that's my body, that's my brain, you know? And so in terms of being able to not judge that only happened if we've really done that and we see all of our imperfections, how can you be mad at someone else for theirs if you know what yours are and remind yourself, we're all doing the best we can. Yes, and it's our humanness, right? Like, yes. I think a lot of people mistake self-care for like massages and- A manicure is and not self-love. Yeah. It's and those things are nice. Yeah. Right. Right. Those are things we do for ourselves. But when I think of self-love, I mean, meeting myself with right where I am when I'm having a hard day and not beating myself up and loving myself exactly. Like you already said, exactly how you are. Like nothing needs to change. This goes back also to the want. We don't need to change because there's something wrong with us. We change just because we want to evolve and improve, but not because where we are is bad and we need to shun that part of us, right? Like it's loving all of us for where we ourselves for where we are right now. And then wanting to grow and evolve just because we want to, not because there's something wrong with us. And so I have a question. Do you have children? I have one girl. Mm -hmm. Okay. How old is she? Eight. Okay. So what grade? Second or third? Third. Mm -hmm. So I love this concept and I think it will really help us understand it. So if the teachers called you in because she's in virtual or regular school and they're like, we're, we're, we're really worried about her. She's reading at a kindergarten level. Mm -hmm. There would be interventions and tutors and checkups and other parents right? for sure. Right. Okay. Yeah. If in fifth grade, she was reading at a second grade level, same thing. If she's not progressing at her level as she grows. However, when we leave school, nobody checks our progression and no one's checking. Am I doing the same things I was doing in high school or in my early 20s to be mean to my body, to hate myself, to judge myself, to not see my worth, to not speak up for myself in my 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s plus? Like, am I, have I not improved? Am I still at that reading level that I was as a teenager? And if so, that's a that's the crisis. The crisis is you're not changing. That's yeah. I think the real crisis. So yeah. I am so excited to talk with you. I'm I want to know for everyone that's listening just to get a baseline on a scale of one to ten. One is I'm a monster to myself, and ten is I'm aware I'm pretty awesome. How would you rate yourself in each category? The first one being how would you rate your self image of your body? Probably an eight or a nine. 
I've never really had much. Some people have, you know, body issues. That's never been my thing. My thing has always been attached to my work and the money that I make. That's kind of where I have been. That's where my work. So is. that's more your worth. Yeah. Like you've measured, have you measured your worth by your achievement and results? 1000%. Was it like that when you were a little girl? Always. Okay. So what would, what would you say right now your worth is your ability to truly know what your worth is now? I think I'm probably getting to like a seven or an eight. I'm working on that. Like I've really noticed like this is this uncovering, right? That I have really seen because here's the other thing with high achievers. We're so busy doing all of the things, being in air quotes, productive. That is our drug of choice. Mm -hmm. Some people use food. Some people use alcohol. Some people use shopping for the high achiever, overachiever we use working. And so when we're working and we're achieving and we're doing all of the things, there's no time for that quietness, that stillness for all of those, if you want to call them dragons, demons, whatever have been in the closet for so long to come up to actually address. And so as I have transitioned from, you know, a corporate job, I worked in my family's business for a long time and given myself a lot of downtime, who are you if you're not working all of the time. I love that question. Who am I if I'm not my career? Yeah. Who am I if I'm not my kids? You yeah. know, who who am I if I'm not with my spouse? Who am I? And that, I mean, that was the growth mindset I started with in college, really, really digging when I found somebody that would help me with that to, to find out all the things that I am and to not, like you said, not label myself as only one thing because we're so many things. Yep. And I think it's so important that you that you're acknowledging that you have attached your worth to your achievements. And and you mentioned that you gave yourself that downtime and it's so sad that we have to do that. We have to actually give it to ourselves because we don't know how to take it. No, and it's not taught. I mean, if you think about we're recording this in America, right? So it's very different in other countries. But rest is considered like a slothful laziness yes. thing to do, right? Like who, like that's not the water cooler. Even talk. Like when there's something sick. wrong with you. Yeah, there must be something wrong with you. Like those high achiever overachievers, like we pride ourselves on pushing through. I mean, I remember having bronchitis. Now that I'm looking back, my body was like telling me stop, but I would just continue to go to work and have bronchitis. And I, I talked to clients at the time. So I couldn't even like have meetings, but I was somewhat trying to like make it through. I mean, I love my 25 year old self, you know, but like, gosh, you know, like I wish I could have told her, I wish she would have known, like, it's okay to just take some time. Like you don't, you don't have to prove that you can like keep going. Here's the other thing too. I think in a male dominated society of go, 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 go. When you're trying to put your when you're trying to make a name for yourself, you're trying to compete. Yes. And so, you know, that is this, you have to keep going. You have to prove that you are just as equal as all of your male counterparts. And we work. feel if we don't show up, even with bronchitis, that we're going to be left behind. Yeah. Cause we already have the kid knock on us, right? Like you've already got that slash on you, right? Yes. Like, well, I gotta, I want to be home for my kids. So then it's like anything else. Right. And it, it is this idea that like, we have to, uh, the way that society has brought us up is like, you have to keep going, going, going. It's like, 
where is the time, the downtime? Because if you really think of like the true leaders of our country, they did allow for rest. Maybe they didn't talk about it, but if you read like, you know, JFK or Nelson Mandela, they allowed nap times during the day. Like that rest is where your brain comes up with more creativity. And so when we're just constantly going, we don't have that space to start to question some of the bigger things in, in our life that we want to, you know, that you need to start questioning to, to, to decide how is it that you actually want to live, not of this template of what has been portrayed to us for 50, 60, 70 years. And I really think that it's about changing our definition of success. Yes. And what does it mean, right? So what does it mean to us? And I think it's so interesting what you do with your coaching is that these women who have achieved success yes. are like, but this is not what I thought it was going to be. I, I'm not living, right? And I want to live my life. So my next um, option for you is your voice. How are you in terms of your ability to advocate for yourself, your voice? A 10. <laughs> awesome. Have you always been? Uh, no, I have for sure been a people pleaser. And that has, that goes back to like, you know, probably childhood. Like if you don't say this, then someone won't get upset with you. But now for sure, like I understand that I have no control over anybody else's emotions and it's okay that they get upset or they're disappointed that I may not come to the party that they want me to go to. And that's okay. But every time, and this goes back to like the soul, like when you betray, like the, I think the ultimate betrayal is the betrayal of ourselves, you know? Oh, I love that so much. And so when we, when we knowingly go against what we truly feel in our heart, we are betraying ourselves and who we are also becoming. Right. And so when we say yes, when we really want to say no, ultimately we're the ones that are, you know, suffering because of that. Now, does it not feel great in the moment? No, it doesn't really, you know, like saying, no, I don't really want to go. Yeah. You know that that person's going to be upset or you don't call that person back because you wanted the alone time for yourself or whatever it might be. Right. But when you own who you are and what you truly love and what you like, I just, I think you can never go wrong. Right. I love what you said so much. The, uh, the ultimate betrayal is the betrayal of ourselves. And I think that that goes in so many different areas. I know for myself, when I was trying to figure out if I should stay or go in my marriage, what I, when I kept making my, I made myself stay over and over and over, I would see myself in the mirror and I was, there was no light anymore. I was broken. And the reasons I was staying were really, really just society reasons that were yep. harmful, right? And I love this idea because, and we also betray ourselves when we push ourselves so hard. One of my really good friends and I are, are like you, we feel so bad when we're sick that we need to like keep pushing. And not only is it, it's ridiculous. We're physically sick. Yeah. And on top of that, we're mean to ourselves that we're not producing as much as we're supposed to be producing. The idea of staying on the couch and relaxing, like, I only take off work if I have the stomach flu, like, because what are you supposed to do? You know, and, and I need to hear what you, I needed to hear that. So thank you so much. I want to go reverse into childhood. Will you yes. tell me about the women in your life when you were a little girl, what you saw in terms of what was beautiful, what a woman was, was supposed to be like, or not supposed to be like? 
Hmm, that's a good question. Um, obviously my mom, you know, was, um, a very, um, she was probably was she high achieving woman. No. So here's, what's really interesting. So she got a nursing degree and she wanted to stay at home with us. And she wanted, and she actually took jobs that supported this idea, right? You have to choose, right? You have to either choose your family or money. You can't have both. And um, so she took different jobs that would allow her to stay at home with us. And, you know, she says now, like, she, obviously she would never have given that up for anything, but just this idea, right? Like that you can't have your family and make a lot of money. Like, why can't we have that? We can have it. Um, and so for women and beauty, um, did she ever have rules for you about like things you shouldn't wear things you shouldn't oh, for sure. Yeah, that's what I want to yes. know. Cause I just want to know what was kind of programmed in your head. Like I was never yes. allowed to wear horizontal stripes ever. So like, it was very important to her. And this is probably right from her programming from her parents. Right. And, it always know, is. That's why we want to talk is. about it. Because we also but, have to be mindful. I'm a mother of three boys. You're a mother of a daughter. And all of those genders are listening. And they're all paying attention to what is acceptable, what is not. If you say something about someone else while you're with them, they hear that and they internalize it. And it's yep. a really big deal. So what we looked like how our family looked was very important to her. Like she made that mean something about her as a mom, something about her as a wife, you know, all of that stuff. So I remember getting into knockdown drag out fights with her um, because she wanted me to wear certain things like so much. So like she wouldn't let us open up Christmas presents until we had dressed like we had to go and like comb our hair. We had to put on actually our Christmas outfit. So when she took the pictures. Yes, <laughs> yes. We couldn't go to my grandparents' house until, you know, we were all dressed up. And so because of that, I have let my daughter Grayson wear whatever, you know. I was wondering, we either repeat it or we, or we go completely against it. And so yes. I think mean, that's a really, like, it's such little things like that. But my boys, I remember when they were really little, they would get like nervous when they were all muddy. And I was like, if you're dirty, that means you're having fun. I want you to be dirtier, right? I don't want my kids to be worried. I used to be so worried if I got something on my clothes and like, I don't want to make my mom upset. Yep. And who cares, right? Like yes. if you have clothes that make somebody upset that they get dirty, buy cheaper clothes. Like who cares? Yes. What, what else did you, besides that kind of how you looked, were, were body, was it body image ever talked about? It really wasn't. I didn't have, um, I didn't have that type of, it was really grades. It was always performance-based. Um, and that's why I wanted one of the reasons, another reason why, because I know body image was a big one for you, but I do think that there, this topic too, isn't necessarily like body image for a lot of girls, but for the for the parents that want you to excel excel so much like performance the body image that grades were my body image if you want to yes no i 100% and there's some of us that have both and i wanted to while you're talking about that i wanted to read something to you because i'm also doing muscle of self for teens mm -hmm. and one of the things that every single teen said was that their parents, they were so afraid. It says a hundred percent of teens who answered my questionnaire said that they struggle with their worth because their grades, test scores, and GPA and what their parents will think of them. And that yes. their 
the pressure, I mean, the pressure now is insane. Like my kids, I have a son that's going to go into high school next year and he's, he has self pressure. I do not give it to him. Right. I was like that too. And I have to constantly like talk him off the ledge and be like, you're going to be okay. Like, I don't need you to get a four or five. I don't need you to go to Harvard because I can't afford to send you there. So like, let's just calm down and do the best we can and not make it. You are not a better child because you get this score where I'm not going to change how I feel about you, but you're so right. Cause the messaging, especially for girls is yes. you better achieve and prove you're smart and show your worth. So did you have it internally and externally? Yes. I think it probably maybe started externally, you know, because I remember like I was good, like I was a straight A student, but I do remember like getting like on spelling tests, you would in Monday morning, you would take the test. And then based on what you made, right, you could just skip Friday because if you knew all of the words. And I remember getting hundreds, but you could do extra credit. And sometimes I just wouldn't do extra credit. And I remember her being like, well, why didn't you? Like the hundred wasn't good enough. You could always have done more, right? Mm-hmm. And this idea of always doing more, I think at an early age kind of imprinted, right? So if you can always be doing more, where are you at, right? What does that really mean? Where you're at right now is not good enough, right? So continuing to just constantly achieve and then just that maybe evolving too with my own self of putting that pressure on myself and just learned behavior maybe, you know? I think Um, what you said is exactly one of our biggest problems as women. And it's definitely one of mine is where I am is not good enough. mm -hmm. That why can't I celebrate what I've, what I'm currently doing. Why can't that be awesome? Why is this day, if I don't get all my to-dos done, why is that not enough? Like, why can't we just honor that? What do you think think is the reason? I think it's because we're always looking for that there is better than here. Like we really honestly believe that. And so we're always looking to the future and like, once I do this, then I will be okay. And we don't understand number one, the way that our emotions are created, right? It's through our thinking. It's what we actually think about ourselves. That's how we feel. And so we are constantly achieving this, this perfectionist, you know, place because then at that place, then we'll be able to accept ourselves, love ourselves, be happy, all of the things. But here's what happens. Our brain just moves that goalpost, right? So you will achieve that. And then it'll be like, but, but then the next thing, right? And so we just aren't taught how to be where we are and love ourselves exactly where we are right now. I just, I feel worried about us because... I feel worried and hope. I feel hope that we're having these conversations. I feel worried thinking about the two of us who are in our early forties with no idea how much time we have left. None, either of us could get that horrible call about what's going on in our bodies or anything, right? It's a reality at this point. And we don't know how long we're gonna have our brains as strong and our bodies as strong. And it's like, I don't wanna waste any more time. I don't Mm -hmm. wanna waste any more time not feeling enough. I think that's ultimately what, what the whole thing is about, whether it's your body stuff, whether it's your yes. performance, whether it's anything, it's, am I enough as I am? Not when I get to this place. Yes. And that is the worth. And once we have that, we will be okay with our bodies. We will be okay with our performance and we'll be able to use our voices. And yes. it sounds like you've definitely gotten there. So I want to ask you, what helped you make that switch? Honestly, when I went to a business slash 
pleasure retreat in 2019. It was with my business coach at the time. And then it was with a sex coach. And it was just more about integrating business and pleasure, because this is also one of my learned beliefs growing up is like business is, you know, serious and you, you know, all of the things, right. It's not business and fun. That was mind blowing when I learned that, that those two Wait, things. So, but when coexist. you first heard, like, I'm going on a business trip and there's gonna be a sex coach. Were you like, what, what's happening? I, she was already kind of in my realm. They okay. took my business coach and her friends and I knew of her, but it was more so like my business coach attracts a lot of the overachievers, the serious right? And so she wanted to bring in the pleasure part of it, the self-love, the self-compassion part, which all of the high achievers don't know how to do. And That's so like I was super uncomfortable for them. Very. So I was super excited about that part of it because I really wanted, because all of my life, I didn't, how I achieved goals was just being super mean to myself. And so when Danielle Savory, who is the sex coach, when she just kind of, you know, broached that idea that like, you can actually achieve goals by being kind to yourself and that self-compassion component, literally my mind was blown. Like, how am I going to do this? Like you would have been like, set me down in a Mandarin class and been like, okay, take this test. Like, I was like, what are you talking about? And it's not that beating ourselves up is Bad, bad with air quotes. It just is that loving ourselves feels so much better. And once you know that you give yourself again, permission to love yourself, you're not putting your, getting yourself off the hook. It's not being lazy. It's none of that stuff. It's just giving yourself permission to be kind and loving toward yourself. Then that's really what opened the door for me. And I spent all of 2020 really learning how to love myself and be kind to myself because basically what she had us all do is we all were paired up and she was like okay so if you didn't do something what would you be telling yourself and so we just had all these thoughts in our head right she goes okay now turn to your turn to your partner and go tell her that and we were like what yeah you're like never. no way yeah never. we would never say that she was like then why do we continue to do it to ourselves and it's just this idea right like if you just you know beat ourselves you know with this so stick, critical yeah. And so what do you, can you give us an example of one of the different actions you've taken to achieve your goals by being kind to yourself? First of all, I read the book. Have you talked to your audience about self-compassion by Kristen Neff? I'm going to write it down. Say it again. Self-compassion by Kristen Neff. So I read that it talks a lot about talks a lot about perfectionism and why we want to be perfect and what that comes back to. And it all comes back to like this tribal, you know, wanting to stay within the tribe. Um, so I did a lot of work with self-compassion and, you know, really just loving myself through yes. the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? And hand on heart. And like, this is also comes back to like, processing some of those feelings because I think for so long we're so good at just shoving it all down and when you do get quiet when you do get still when you do start asking yourself some of these heavy hitting questions that's when you, it comes up to the surface right and I like to think of like emotions you said something about belonging all of our emotions belong shame guilt embarrassment humiliation love joy any the whole realm, they all belong to us. Yes. And allowing those to be just as they are and they're not 
there's nothing to hide because when we're taught when we're younger, right? What is it? Don't cry. Stop crying. Just get through this. You know, we don't know. Fix yourself how up. Yep. So you look presentable, right? Yes. Why are we not allowed to look like how we feel, right? You know, I love that you said about permission. That was one of the game changers for me was this concept called permission to be human. And I remember when I met my really, my soul brother who taught me about permission to be human when I was going through my divorce, I was like, but I'm so angry. And he's like, then be angry. Be angry. But then everyone's going to look at me and be like, you're so angry. And he's like, okay, so what? So, and what I learned by walking through that, like you said, loving myself through it is when I give myself permission to be exhausted or I give myself permission to, I'm sorry, I'm just really cranky right now. And I don't feel like doing any of this. It gives other people permission to do the same. And you mentioned that the book, which I'm totally going to look into, you said it's all about wanting to stay within the tribe. And what I love about this concept that we can flip it is I want to be in this tribe. I want to be in the muscle of self tribe. I want to be like, what's up, Aaron? How are you taking care of yourself? I want our goals and our perfectionism to be, are you living your best life in terms of, are you honoring it, right? Instead of achieving. Yes. Did you happen to bring a quote today? Um, I did actually. It is one by E.E. Cummings. I think it is, is it takes courage to grow up to be who you truly are. And I... And I think that that is so, this goes back to our souls, right? Like when we truly honor our souls and what we want and what lights us up and fuels us and we ignore the ego and the mind, you know, talk about living your best life, right? And I think that takes a lot of courage because it goes against a lot of the societal conditioning that we have been taught and ingrained for so many years. It does. And, you know, I was actually talking to my advisor yesterday who helped me with financial things. And I didn't know that she was also like really in tune to like everything. And we were on zoom and we were talking about the different things I'm doing. And when I was talking about must love self, she's like, you are lit up. And I was like, I am. She's like, yeah, when you were talking about this other thing, you seemed like miserable. And when you started talking about this, you got so excited. And I said, I do feel excited. Like, this is all I want to do is talk about this. And she said, that means that's what you need. That is the car you need to follow. Like that is, and what stops me from the perfectionism is I don't know how it's all going to work out. I don't know where it's going to take me if I do that. Like what, where am I going to end up? And then I have all the voices along the way of like my parents and well, how are you going to make money? Like, so it's all there. And that is what we both want to talk about, like working on about the courage it takes to just be who you really are rather than trying to figure it all out. And that will come like all of that money and everything will work itself out. Like we do want to know the how, right? That's what we want to do. We want to know that because that's our ego's mind of like, okay, I'll take all of this action. Once I know I'm going to get this result. Right. But when you truly follow your heart, your soul, you can never, ever, there would never be a time where you could be like, I could totally have imagined exactly how this was going to pan out. Like there's, it just, it's inexplainable. Right. And so it's, it's also letting go and it's trusting, right. Of, which is really hard for, I think women, because we want to control all of the things and we want to make sure everything's going to be okay. And all of that. 
But here we go again, back to the self-love. When you love yourself and no matter what happens, you have your own back and you know you would never judge yourself for anything that you've done. You're okay with letting go and trusting because you know you're going to be there at the end. It's so beautiful. I, I have to tell you, I feel emotional hearing you talk about that. I remember calling one of my best friends a couple of years ago, and I talk about this in my memoir, which I hope I would love to send to you. It's called Seconds and Inches. And do it. Seems like it's a memoir about generational trauma and gratitude and life, but what it's really underneath it is a love story. And it's because I was searching for the person that was going to have my back for my whole life since I was a little girl. And I found that person in the mirror. In you. It's me, right? And that that is actually freeing because that means I get to love my partner and not need him to give me something that he's not capable of giving me. Because even if someone loves at you all the time, if you're not okay with who you are, it means nothing. So I believe you when you tell me if I follow my heart, I'm going to be okay. Just like if I take care of myself and love myself, I'm going to be able to be with the right person because I can't ever be in the right relationship if I'm not okay. Right? Yes. Yep. Are you ready and for a lady? Oh no, go go ahead. You go ahead. No, I just one other thing I was gonna say is when we're so concerned about money, this is also what I'm you know finding out too. When we're concerned about money, we're not truly acting from our soul because our soul doesn't crave money because that's that, that's like a superficial thing, right? So when you're making choices from a money place, sometimes we trade what we truly want for the money. Mm. So when you went through all of this, is that when you made the transition into your coaching business or had you already started doing that? I had actually already started my coaching business um, before this part, but I think I just up-leveled my coaching so much more and just coached from a more like heartfelt, soul-centered place, you know, Um, because I believe that my, my people, they don't, they don't have the soul, like the heart is not what most times they talk about. So they need all of that opening up, like a lot of times of the crying and all of that to go through that because they've been in their head for so long. Like it's time to get out of your head and drop into your heart and truly start, you know, working through that. And I always tell when someone's crying and they want to apologize for crying, yes. I don't know why we do that. I say to them, it's just your tension being released. Yes. Most of the time, unless somebody died or something is sad, we're crying. If someone's crying while they're listening to us or they're crying when we're talking our truth, it's because we've hit that space where they're like, oh my God, I feel that way. And it's it's a release of, I know I'm holding this in so tight and it's, it's killing me. Yes. Um, I could talk to you forever, but we have to go to the lightning round. So- okay. I want, I already know what you would say to yourself if you could go back, cause you said it, you said it's okay mm. to just take some time. And I love yes. that. My, my first question for lightning round is what would your 80 year old self say to you now? You're going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. What would it take for you to feel a 10 in your own worth? Letting go of the money stories that I have. Tell me a little bit about your money stories. Just money growing up was very important. And I saw my parents go through having money, not having money, having money again. And it was very an impressionable time in my life. And so money has been very important 
in my life from a fear-based place, right? And so I have, that's I think also one of my driven behaviors has been to save and create so much money so that I don't feel that fear, but I was just trying to outrun the fear by making a lot of money and investing a lot of money versus dealing with the demons and the dragons that I needed to deal with to actually address that. So what change do you think you would need to make now to, to still feel secure, but to not have that be the, the main fear factor you have? I think it's also about processing some of those old, like a lot of those emotions that I have probably pushed down for so long, because instead of dealing with it, what I just did is I just worked and I just made money. So mm -hmm. then going back to the goalposts, right? So if I have X amount of money saved, then I'll feel good. But then I would get to that point. I'd be like, you but need I need to move money. it. Right. Yes. Because it was not enough. It. It's, it's, it's an addiction. Enough. It's the same exact yes. thing. It's just yes. the same thing with body. It, what number, when you step on the scale, is it enough? And I remember, because I don't have a scale anymore, because I have a coach that helped me with that. And when I stepped on the scale, she said, was there ever a time you stepped on the scale and you felt happy? And I said, no, there was never a number that I felt happy with. Whatever the number was, I always thought, why couldn't I be this number? And yes. so I got rid of what was no longer that judgment I got rid of because it no longer, it never made me happy, yes. but we couldn't like, just like for the women that I talk to that who have body stuff that want to keep in their closet clothes that don't fit them, but they hope to fit into one day that are a daily reminder of this is not something you can wear because you're not behaving in the way that I need you to, this is the voice inside, right? That yep. I need you to behave so you can wear this. And I also really need to remember, like you were saying, I need to let go of that story of what it should be like. And like you said, acknowledge what it is and, and appreciate it. Yes, because that goes back to the reason why we can't be where we are is because we're living in the future. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you just drop the future and you just truly are, which is work, right? Because we are, think about, you know, retirement, think about, you know, in 10 years from now, all these things we are living in the future. But when you drop that and you just are right here, right now, then it is enough, right? Because how would you know anything different? It's all, it about, it's all about acknowledging that we have enough. Yeah. Okay. Ready? What yeah. does it mean to be beautiful to you? What does it mean to be beautiful, to love myself? What does it mean to be a strong woman? To love myself, to speak my mind and to honor my wants and my desires. Mm, I love that. What do you want others to say about you when you're not in the room? Mm, she was loving and kind and she showed us how to truly live life. I love that because that requires me really living life. Yeah. If you found out that December 31st, 2021 was your last day on earth, what would you do with the rest of your time? Travel. Where? Anywhere right now, America. What's, what's your first place? <laughs> um, Where are you calling from? I'm in um, Texas. Okay. And yeah. where would you like to go in the first place? Um, probably... Oh gosh, I really want to do an African safari. So what is it going to take for us to do what we would do if we knew we were dying? I know I'm working on that right now. For me, it has been my money story. It has been, you know what? Because that brings up for me, the, those old fears, right? Of like, you're going to run out of money if you spend this money and all of these things, right. because and this is what we, be enough. you're not going to have enough. You're not, 
So I have a question for you, not to put you on the spot. Do you have enough to go to Africa? Yes. Can you make the arrangements this year? Yes. So we are actually, so actually what we were are planning on doing is in August, if COVID participates, if not, we may just do South America, but we're just going to go travel for six months. <gasps> just do With it. your daughter, obviously. Yeah. Me and my husband and my daughter for six months and just go and do it. Cause that's something that I've wanted to do that. I have told myself I cannot do it, but yeah, that's I'm it. Like, You've told it. yourself that no one yes. can, I just yeah. tell you that it's going to be a life changer for her, for all three of you. I am so happy for you and you have to send me pictures. Yes. I am so like, I'm no one can see, but I'm hailing to you. Last question. What one piece of advice do you wish every woman could hear from you? Mm. Oh, that's so good. Like you have to, you have to know that you are enough mm -hmm. and that you have to, to, and you have to learn how to trust yourself. I love that. Thank I think we truly do know. I think we truly do know. We've just been conditioned for so long not to trust ourselves. It's true because going back to that decision I needed to make about my marriage, which was the most painful decision I've ever made. And I've, I've gotten sober. I've tried to kill myself. I've had a lot of stuff medical, but that decision because there was so much on the outside that for approval, right, of being enough. And I had people telling me this was not a good decision. Do not make this decision. The only place I knew the truth was in the bathroom at work because there was a mirror for some reason next to the toilet. And I would, it was like a single bathroom. And I would turn my head and I would say, Carly, do you know what you want to do? And it was always, I always knew. Yep. And it was peaceful. I yep. always knew. It was everybody else that I was, I was afraid of. I remember thinking if this person in my life wasn't alive, would I do what I want to do? And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to wait for somebody to God forbid not be here anymore because that means I'm so afraid of what they think that I'm not going to live who, like you said, it takes courage to grow up and be who you really are. That's yeah. courage going on your six month safari on your travel. That's yeah. courageous. Very. Yeah. Because people because are going to be like, what are you going to do about this? And how are you going to deal with this? And what about all the practical stuff? And the hows, right? Like, how is it all going to work out? And all of the things, right? I'll leave you with this. I think we truly know deep down in our soul, all of us know what we want. And I think the reason why it feels so bad is because we are denying that part of us. And so when we can actually, gives me full body chills, when we can actually honor that, which that is the work, right? Because you do have to shut out the mind or what other people, and even if you don't have other people, if everyone else is supporting you, the mind is so strong. If you, you know, it'll run the show if you allow it, but that's why it feels so bad. You knew deep in your soul that divorce was what you needed. And it felt so bad because the conflict, the dissonance was because you were arguing with what your, what your soul wanted. I'm so grateful for your energy. I'm going to send women to you. Tell us how we find you. Oh, um, on Instagram, Erin Gray Coaching. And that's where women can find you and hook up with you and connect. Yes. Yes. I have a feeling we're going to be stuck together for quite some time. I, I love it. So grateful for your energy. I'm rooting you on. I'm going to be thinking about you in August and praying you got the hell out of Texas and get Thank out you. there and go live this because this is it. Yeah, it is. Thank you for Thank your time. You. Thanks. Okay. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you are willing to rate, review, and share with your people, it makes such a difference for others to find it.
And if you wanted to check out my memoir, Seconds and Inches, it's available on Amazon as an audiobook with me narrating, a paperback, and digital. I promise you, you will love it. Have an awesome day. And one more thing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. La, 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 la,